1: Welcome to Lama Surya Awakening Now podcast. This podcast is an expression of our shared connection. We depend on you, our community of listeners for support. Please go to mindpodnetwork.com/suryadas and you can either click on the donate button or bookmark the Amazon link. We get a small percentage of all of your purchases or you can go and sign up for a free trial with audible.com your support will allow lama suriyadas to continue to illuminate the timeless tibetan wisdom
2: this is where the pith instructions from yesterday what we call the four choke shock, hard to translate. The four choke shock come in, choke shock, leaving it as it is. The four leaving it as it is is the four choke shock, supreme resting, choke shock, droppings, I like to call it to be funny, to amuse myself. The four great droppings and floppings, choke shock. First, the view like the sky, leave it as it is. The meditation, of non-meditation, like a mountain, imperturbable, unshakable, leave it as it is. And the activity, the action, inexhaustible, like ocean's waves, in accord with circumstance and condition, leave it as it is. And the result, view meditation, action, and fruit or result, the natural state, leave it as it is. So these are the four great choke shock, the four leave it as it is. That come down to us. Pith instructions from the great Dzogchen Master Longchenpa and especially found in Control One, I. Control, the first great commentary called Lam Rim Yeshe Ningpo, The Light of Wisdom. You may find that translation useful. Lam Rim Yeshe Ningpo, Light of Wisdom. Hard to read unless you're very familiar with Tibetan texts. But the four chokshak, here it is. The four great, leaving it as it is, is supreme restings. Chokshak. Ah, that's the image, just. Ah. Kala says, like snow settling into a lake, if you get it, the image. We're not even talking about whether it's dissolving or it's, uh, what it's doing. Snow settling into a lake. Just leave it as it is, just as things fall, however it lands. Rang Bab Sum, Kala Rinpoche, used to teach in his Mahamudra teachings. The three great self-settlings, Rang Bab Sum, self-settling of the body, just relaxed and dropping it. Self-settling of the breath and energy and voice, relaxed, just dropping it, settling as it is. And self-settling of the heart-mind, relaxed just as it is, let it go like the snowflake settling in the water, just snowing over into the lake, everything. Like in a snow globe, I like to see it as snow globe, panorama just settling and the clarity emerges as if from within everything becomes very clear. So this is kind of the scheme or overall or outline of the Dzogchen, main Dzogchen meditation. Called Trekchud in Tibetan, literally cutting through, but really means seeing through, just being, being through and through. Trekchud or natural meditation. Again, not visualizing, not mantra chanting, not breath watching, not breath counting, not concentrating on a candle flame or mantra, and so on. Just as it is. Thus, the four great chokshak, as it is, is leaving it as it is is view as it is, the vision as it is, leave it as it is, the meditation, beyond meditation and non-meditation, just leave it as it is, and the action as needed, if wanted, not needed by you, not compulsive, obsessive, driven, but selfless responsiveness as needed, leave it as it is, uninhibited, inexhaustible. Why try to do nothing? That's just one more karmic activity, one more ego strategy uninhibited, inexhaustible, like the ocean's waves, leave it as it is. And the result, the natural state, pure presence, Rigpa, the natural state, the result, leave it as it is. Naturalness, authenticity, flow, natural flow, the great Tao flowing right through you every moment. You are it. Leave it as it is. So I find this is a wonderful uh, redaction or version or codification of some... (laughs) Formless meditation instructions, giving a little shape to it, some direction. It's kind of like the net bag that can hold water. So the view, which is sort of like our highest intuition, glimpse, sometimes called, if translated from Tibetan introduction to the nature of the mind, a weak translation at best, because it really means recognition of who and what we truly are, recognition of our true nature, not just being introduced to. We may be introduced, but not recognized. So it's talked about, it's like recognizing your mother or your father amidst the crowd. Nobody else has to confirm it for you. You know who they are when you know yourself, when you recognize yourself, when you experience the natural state, or dare I say, oneness, whatever you want to call it. So introduction to or recognition of realization of our true nature, the glimpse. And when I talking about enlightenment, full enlightenment, just like in Zen, it's called Satori, breakthrough, seeing sunyata. In Mahayana, it's called the first Bhumi, glimpse into sunyata, the shining voidness, the nature of everything or the great subjectivity. So based on this glimpse or introduction or recognition or, our own truth, you know, what resonates with us, how it really is, self-authenticating, not needing somebody else to confirm it or approve. Comes the meditation of non-meditation, getting used to that we can leave it as it is. There is room for just being. We don't always have to be in some kind of construction project or self-improvement project. In Buddhism, there is no self and it can't be improved. There's no self-help project here. There's no self, and it can't be helped. So in this swooping down from above with the view, this zogchen practice, using the fruit, our Buddhiness, as the path, our practice, rather than using the seed, our Buddha potential, as the path, watering it over many lifetimes of practice, using the fruit, not the pit, as the seed, using the fruit, to get the juice, to enjoy the juice right now. Of course, fruit and seed are relational, and you know, which comes first, hard to say. So here, we're balancing the incredible, progressive, linear way of thinking that we always have to start with the seed, the pit, to grow the fruit, with the fact that fruit and seed come together like chicken and egg, very hard to say which comes first. The chicken is in the egg, the egg is in the chicken, etc. tree and acorn if you're with me. So, swooping down from above with the view, while climbing up from below through relative practices, climbing up the path, the mountain, whatever, it's just an image. Swooping while climbing, climbing up the path with relative practices according to our capacity, inclination, needs and so on. Some more complex, some less complex, some more devotional, some less devotional, more philosophical, some more ritualistic, some more yogic, physical, energetic, etc. Different courses for different horses, skillful means. The Buddha's many teachings, as somebody said, our Zen friend Buddha said, these are all like toys, just like toys that he uses to lure the children out of the burning house of samsara. So when we have a broken leg, we need a crutch or a cast. When the leg is healed, we don't need that anymore. As Buddha himself said, the Dharma is a raft to cross over the boiling ocean of suffering, of samsara. When you get to the other shore, you don't have to carry the raft on your back. That's contraindicated. Direct translation. (laughs) He did talk about that raft and no longer having to carry it. So again, relative truth and ultimate truth. And Swooping down from above with the bigger picture, seeing the overall picture, the forest, as well as being knowing the guideways and byways through the trees. Not losing sight of the forest because of the trees that are right in your face. It's like the view from above, this view. Like when you're in New York City, standing on a corner and there's a blown-up map of the city, maybe bus map, whatever, and it shows you a little... Dot, you are here. And then you see the crosshatching of streets and avenues, and you have the eagle's eye, the bird's eye, the view from above picture of the city. And you understand, oh, it looks like all concrete canyon, but if you go this way a couple blocks, there's big green acres, Central Park. So we need the view from above to guide ourselves, meanwhile, being careful step by step about which way you turn and crossing the street and not getting run over the meticulous step-by-step karmic relative-truth interactions, how to guide our way through the trees, the jungle, the thicket of all of our karma and kalashas, our conditioning and our defilements or, or conflicting emotions, kalashas. How to guide ourselves through the karma and kalashas. So swooping with the view while climbing up, Is the way we talk about this, the relative and absolute truths, swooping with the view into the meditation and non meditation and then into action, while climbing up through ethics, meditation, and wisdom in the progressive path, the Eightfold Path, from ethical self discipline and character development, compassion, integrity, to meditation and contemplation and mindfulness, leading to wisdom and love, prajnaparamita. Padmasambhava, who brought Tibetan Buddhism to Tibet in around the year 712 A.D., roughly. An Indian master who was invited to Tibet by King Tristan King Detson, who walked to Tibet. It took him two years or three years with a little stop at the Vajrakalaya cave in southern Nepal to um, sharpen his uh, thinking. <laughs> He, Padmasambhava said, My view is as high as the sky, but my action regarding cause and effect, karma, is as finely ground as barley flour, sampa. My view is as high as the sky, the vast emptiness, everything equal. But my actions on the relative sphere regarding cause and effect are as meticulous as finely ground flour. So every Thought, word, intention, deed counts, has karmic repercussions. So, swooping while climbing, that's our practice, taking the Bodhisattva vow and moral precepts, and while maintaining the tantric samaya of non duality, of seeing the Buddhiness, the light, and everyone and everything, even the dark side, even the shadows, and nothing but light, the non dual vision or sacred vision, sacred outlook. Daknan, pure perception of the tantric way and the non-dual direct access path of Dzogchen Mahamudra. Any questions, please? I have more things to cover, but I'll cover that tomorrow. And um, I want to cover one more thing that's here that I didn't get to. Yes, would you hold that thought? Can you remember that long? Because I can't. You're young. So... The view is like the glimpse. I don't see that written here. Can you find some room? Glimpse, glimpse. And the meditation of non-meditation is the maturation, gaining great certainty. And, then, and that's the path. So based on your deepest intuition, the glimpse of what you've recognized or been introduced to, For example, just for example, that you can just leave it as it is for a moment. Maybe you've experienced a moment where everything is fine and all's well in this best of all possible worlds, as the Christian mystic sang. That's the glimpse. It is possible. Then the path, the meditation, is getting used to that, that you don't always have to try to make it a better world. Of course we want it to be a better world, but at least sometimes you could balance that with just leaving it as it is. So first there's the glimpse. The introduction, the recognition, the breakthrough, the satori, the peak experience, the enlightenment experience, which is not yet full enlightenment. Then comes the path. So ground is the glimpse, the view. Then comes the path, the practice, getting used to it, ascertaining it with great certainty, seeing if it's actually workable or not. And then comes the result, ground, path, and fruit. You meditate, the result, stabilization, unshakable. It actually becomes part of you and works through you itself, but you don't have to push it, make it happen. So glimpse, maturation and stabilization is the last part of this chart. Yes, glimpse, maturation and stabilization. Maturation is important to getting used to it, checking it out, ascertaining it with certainty, seeing if there's anybody else doing it around here, if there's some god behind the scenes pulling the strings, or you know, some uh, buddy in Washington that's determining your life, or who or who, or your parental unit, or what determining your life. You know, who's in charge, who's responsible, who has the steering wheel of your life in their hands, if not you. So from the glimpse the introduction, the recognition. Then the path, most of us are on the second stage, checking it out, investigating, getting used to letting it be, allowing. We see this well put forward in Ryan Niebuhr's great prayer, much adopted by the 12-step programs in America, called, uh, what, what is it? It's the Serenity Prayer. May we speak up, please? May we have the serenity to <laughs> yes, right there, and the So that's balancing what we're calling the relative and absolute. May we have the serenity to accept the things we can't change, leave it as it is, and the courage to change the things we can change. And the wisdom to know the difference. So, we're not saying just sit there and do nothing. We're saying in this practice, we're learning to undo the habit of overdoing, and that there is a possibility that we don't always have to be pushing and striving and trying and doing and sort of set ourselves up for failure because there's always more to do and there's always more suffering in the world. That's why social activists are so often burnt out unless they're tied into a deeper well, an inexhaustible well, which is beyond, you know, just relative um, data, like uh, accomplishments. You do the, What does it say in the Tao Te Ching? The master does her best and lets go, and whatever happens, happens. She keeps doing her best and letting go, without attachment to the outcome, and whatever happens, happens. So doing our best while letting go of the outcome, as it says in the Bhagavad Gita, it's a great, ancient, universal wisdom, not being overly attached to outcomes, like raising kids. We do everything we can for them to have the best outcome, and we don't even really know what the best outcome is. So we try to do the best we can, and we know, guess what? Whatever is going to happen is going to happen. We keep trying. We keep trying, and whatever happens, happens. Anybody noticed? It's a good example. Shit happens. Okay. Thank you for your patience, Chucky Bauer. So patient you are. You must have kids. You must have two little kids.
3: Two very energetic, creative, beautiful children. Mazel tov. Um, So, a technical linguist language question, which I know the answer to, but I just want to hear it from you. Mm -hmm. There is no into.
2: What context are we talking about into? In the
3: practice. Settling into. Right. Okay.
2: How about just settling, abiding by, relying on? yeah As in, give me a sentence, like um, settling into the view. Well, give me a sentence, yeah, context.
3: Settle, yes. Settling into anything, settling into pain, settling right. into the thought, settling into beyond the thought, settling into the view. There's the no into, into
2: sounds like, as a, you know, it's like resting in the view. There's you and there's the view. There's a
3: o- subject no. and object yeah. It there. just
2: means resting, allowing, at ease. I don't think you were here the first few days when I said, maybe the best instruction for this meditation is the military instruction, at ease. That says it all.
3: That's the first question. The second thing is the by itself arising by itself liberating. Yes,
2: we said we're going to talk about that tomorrow, but go on.
3: um Well,
2: since we're here now, who knows about tomorrow?
3: That's right um, so historically, in my practice <clears throat> over the last twenty years or so. I found that when I've tried to force any sort of practice into life.
2: You must have been very young when you came here. <laughs> how, how young were you when you came to that first retreat in Lake Canandaigua?
3: That was eight, 17, 18 years ago.
2: She's not saying how young she was.
3: Okay. <laughs> I, I, sir, so we
2: can't do the math. Doesn't matter. Sorry,
3: my dear, Doesn't I can't do math. I'm 44.
2: Okay. Doesn't matter. <laughs> God bless we, you, as we say. Gro- we've grown up yeah. together, my dearest Lama. Yeah, yeah.
3: So when I've tried to force my practice into my life, whatever aspect of my life—my work, my relationships, yeah. whatever—it doesn't. Like I, I couldn't, I can't force it, and I found that if I set, because there's
2: no into. Right,
3: exactly, (laughs) exactly. And this is leading up to the ultimate question, which is why I asked the into question first. So if I set the intention to have my practice and I kind of keep awareness around it, move into that area of my life, whatever it is, at, at some point, there's this awareness that it has done it itself.
2: That's the into.
3: Right. Yeah. Right. like the
2: snowflakes into the or the lake. mingling or the yeah. dissolving right. however yeah right
3: so the question then is comes back to the wrong chuck, wrong draw specifically with my parenting i've become very clear that in those are moments not all moments but those moments of parenting where the practice is practicing itself you know, and the example is that like good. I'm done. Like yeah, at the end of the day, I've worked a long day. You know, my kids are whining; they're tired. That you know, you know, the the the, the samsaric day, and I'm done. And my husband's like, you know, at the kids, and they're screaming, and and I'm able to drop. Or and it's not mm-hmm. an into even. It's just. But I don't even have to do. It's like the practice is practicing itself, which sounds to me like by itself, arising by itself, liberating. Yes, that's right. Okay.
2: And that's more like this, you know, stabilization, where you, it's part of you, and it does itself. It does you, whatever. It's doesn't come and go based on your effort to practice or not. Right. Like the letting go comes more naturally. Or the knowing what you can change and what you can't change. The wisdom is there so you, you know you know more intuitively or quickly or something, less confusedly, what you can change and put your energy into and what you can't change and put your acceptance into. So yes, it's like the rang shar, not rang Rangshar, Rangshar sincerity rang rangdrol. Rang rang by a self arising, by a self releasing, like the waves. We don't have to iron out the waves, they're just superficial ripples anyway. Of course, we might very well wait for calm weather or make any other decisions, but you know sometimes you can't do that, so you just have to release into it. You know, get prepared for rough sailing or whatever your metaphor is. Or So you're talking about letting go, so sometimes the biggest letting go is when you have no choice and then you see that there's nothing to fear you know, Trungpa Rinpoche used to say, "This is it sounds like a high wire act, but actually, the, the wire is just a crack in the sidewalk that you're afraid of. You know, stepping on, there's nowhere to fall. So you give up, you can't do any more. And guess what? The kids put themselves to sleep anyway. And the next morning, everybody wakes up and forgot all about that. And it's a whole new day, and you have energy to take, give them breakfast, send them to school, go to work, and it starts again the whole cycle." <laughs> For better and for worse. I mean, the whole outrageous disaster, as Zorba calls it, whatever he says. The whole disaster. The whole catastrophe. <laughs> <laughs> but if you can laugh about it, it's less tragic. You know, that's the, the, if you get the absurdity of it, then you can laugh about it and laugh ourselves. It's less tragic.
3: And is the clarity, for me, the clarity aspect seems to be in the actual, like, the release, the clarity is built into the complete and utter release.
2: Yeah, I don't know why you're emphasizing the clarity, but there's a clarity because you're not still trying to whack at it, so you've clearly given up, but I don't know why you're talking about the clarity here. It's more about the letting go and letting be. There's enough clarity that, you you know, you're not in your way anymore and the letting go happens because you've been driven... You know, you're so beaten down that you can't get in the way anymore of yourself, so you just have to let the kids, whatever they do, cry themselves to sleep or you know fall asleep on the couch or whatever it is. They'll survive.
3: I guess I'm When you need
2: superhuman efforts, you can call upon yourself to lift the Volkswagen, they say. But in general, you just give up and you let them fall asleep on the couch and the TV stay on all night, and who cares in the end? Not every night, but when you can't do anymore, guess what? You can't do anymore. <laughs>
3: I'm bringing in the clarity because the wonder in my mind is there's still subject object in those moments and those moments that I, you know, have had whatever that experience of, you know, what I'm, that experience of clarity. It seems like, I guess sometimes I just need to hear things or understand things intellectually. So when I see yeah. it, like if, if you don't know what a cat is, it would walk right by you and you go, oh, I, blah blah you know you're a
2: professor so you know you like to understand and think about these things and that's fine you know but um maybe you're overthinking some of these things in other areas where you don't need to you know like everything you're saying sounds reasonable but you might know what a cat is and still not see it when it goes by so knowing what a cat is doesn't necessarily That's solve true. the problem. That's true. I'm just saying. That's so knowing knowing what a cat is, you know, knowledge That's only true. goes so far. So right. not knowing what a cat is and knowing what a cat is are the same in some contexts. You're right. So the knowledge only goes so far. Right. So knowing what's happening when you're letting go or whether it's clarity or bliss or freedom or non-attachment only goes so far, you know. If you're a professor of Buddhism, if you're a teacher, trying to understand the different, you know, if you're a doctor, you need to know, memorize whatever it is, 200 kinds of bones. But if you're not a doctor, you know, you only need to deal with the bones that break or something. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? You don't even need to know what they're called. So... But stay with the Rangshan Rangdal. I like what you're thinking about, how it expresses itself through your own life, that things free themselves. Because the Dzogchen teaching of inherent freedom of being is based on that. And that we ascribe too much importance to things that in any case work themselves out or aren't as important as they seem in the moment. Like the kids at night is a good example. But there are other things, even like bigger things in our life. Are rarely, if ever, as important to, uh, uh, in retrospect as they seem in the moment. Right? When the kids don't get the right prom date, it's a huge disaster. Right? But now, who can even remember? But there were, you know, just a million different examples of the small, and we make big. Also, there's the big that we overlook and make small by mistake. But it's mostly about attachment. The small we make big that we're talking about. So we're so fixated, or focused, and control freaky about how things should go and be and they're not. And then we have all this disappointment and suffering, mainly from the expectation and the attachment, not from the thing itself. I like to, uh, since you were talking about how the practice does itself or does you, that's a subtle point, I want to bring it back to a kind of basic level for some more of the newer people or people who are just starting to practice meditation or mindfulness or spiritual vows and things. Intention is not the same as action, so it's very important to clarify and raise and focus intention, but also, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, as they say. So we also have to, like, apply it or, you know, bring it into action in some way. So when we're talking about, like, learning basic awareness, mindfulness practices, in the beginning, it's all about cultivating... Mindfulness, cultivating concentration, cultivating loving kindness, well wishing for others, loving kindness, benevolence, cultivating it. Later, so, and then we carry it out of here. Let's, and by here, I don't mean this week, I mean like this room, the practice, the 15 minutes, a half an hour, we carry it into the hallway and into the wood walk and into whatever, phone call home, and into the dining room. And then we carry it home after the week, after the 10 days is over, and we need to cultivate it and bring it into our life and carry the practice with us in English. Carry the practice with us, cultivating it in life. In the morning, maybe formally, and then in the day, generally, integrated in life, right? We carry the practice. After a while, it becomes more part of us, and it carries us. So that's the practice is doing us, and that's more like the stabilization rather than the, check, you know, the cultivating, where you have to carry it all the time, where you have to be consciously, explicitly spiritual, mindful, whatever, all the time. You know, I know people, I used to know people, they go, you say something to them, the first thing they do is they take a breath, they, they focus on it. You know, it's like, how can you, you know How can you do anything before you check in with your breath? (laughs) Or they say their mantra. I mean, it's a very slow process. (laughs) And then they whisper. Why are you whispering? We're not in the three-year retreat center anymore. (laughs) Or whatever, you know, it becomes, that's like the stink of enlightenment they call in Japanese. It's like too much, you know? like walking around with a big billboard, you know, advertising what you got inside. So after a while, the practice should carry us. And then you don't have to show it off also so much. You might sometimes. Depends on the role you're in. And you also don't have to worry about losing it because it's the path from which you can never fall because it's part of you. In the beginning, it's mostly turning the heart and mind toward the Dharma, trying to get on the path, stay on the path, be on the right path, not the wrong path. All these ways we have to think about it. Be with people who are conducive to pathing, not conducive to unpathing, you know, sangha, spiritual friends, getting rid of our, you know, bad habit friends and getting some good habit friends while making friends with ourselves and all that, but you know what I'm saying. Later it carries us and that's more stabilization, that's very important. But it's not that far away either, let's not think about it, it's not that far away. Once you get a good taste, it kind of never leaves you alone. You might not be practicing, but it's always eating at you. I wish I got to go back to yoga class or I got to start exercising again or uh, I got to start meditating again. You know, not just reading these Dharma books about meditation and how how great it is. (laughs) Cultivation is one of the great important words in Buddhism Bhavana. Like, we hear a lot about metta-maitri, loving-kindness, in American dharma today. We don't meditate on loving-kindness. We cultivate loving-kindness. It's called metta-bhavana. We don't meditate on mindfulness. We cultivate mindfulness, sati, sati sati-bhavana. Buddhism is a way of cultivating. I don't like the word mind-training exactly, but it's a way of refining our mind and spirit. Training and taming, people say. Okay, it's a mental discipline. It sounds a little mental to me, but you know, it's a discipline, it's a training. It's a refinement, it's a, we cultivate. We don't pray to God for it. We don't pray to Buddha or teacher for it. We cultivate loving kindness. We cultivate discernment and insight and wisdom. We cultivate awareness and mindfulness and so on.
1: Thank you for listening to Lama Surya Das's Awakening Now Hour. We very much appreciate your support and hope you will continue by going to mindpodnetwork.com slash Suryadas and link to the donate button or go to the Amazon.com link for all of your purchases. Namaste. <laughs>